time to get on the blunderbuss, where we go on a journey into leadership failure. My name is Edward Vaughan. Join me as I travel far and wide on my special bus, the blunderbuss, and have honest conversations with great leaders about some of their greatest leadership disasters. On the blunderbuss, we think it's possible to learn much more from your moments of failure than your moments of success, if you know the magic secret. And we also know that failure can be fun, especially other people's. We'll be hearing about some great boofhead moments where practitioners provide us with the pleasure of hearing about how they did all the dumb things and the leadership lessons they took out of it. As I drive around on the blunderbuss, I'm on search for the leader who has done more dumb things than I have. Maybe today we've found them. So today, I've driven the blunderbuss to St. Andrew's house in the centre of Sydney to speak to the Reverend Dr. Keith Condy, academic, pastor, scholar, leader, one of the world's great Puritan history scholars, uh, leader of research into mental health and pastoral care in the church, in fact, co-director of the Mental Health and Pastoral Care Institute at Mary Andrews College. Keith. Oh, Ed, thank you so much for having me on the blunderbuss. This is a great honour, you know, to be here. Thank you. Uh, it was hard to park around St Andrew's House, but anyway, I managed to park the bus somewhere. Very tricky, yeah. yes. So, Keith, have you ever failed? Uh, yeah, I've failed, Ed, yeah, I've done that. Tell us about it. Yeah, um, interestingly, I, I see my failure as not so much a, a short incident, but actually an extended period of failure. Wow, tell us about that. Yeah, so uh, I think I, I really... I was self-deceived. I didn't understand the impact of how I was working upon particularly those who were close to me, uh-huh. uh, particularly my own family. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So tell us a bit more about what that looked like. Yeah. So I think basically I was caught up in, a, in the trap of I normalised a work lifestyle that um, had, had significant impact upon my marriage and upon my and I think upon my children. Okay. So I think when I was, I think when my children were younger, I worked really hard at spending quality time with them and not letting my work life, you know, with significant leadership responsibilities attached to that, yeah. not letting that um, interfere with the importance of my family life. Yeah. But I think as my children got a bit older and uh, I just work Work got more complicated yeah. and it got busier. Yeah. And I just thought this is the this is the way life has to be. I normalized what yeah. I think in the end was probably a fairly ridiculous lifestyle. Yeah. And I think that impacted my marriage and I think that impacted that quality time with my children during their later primary and and high school years. I'm guessing, Keith, that there might have been something kind of in you that might have brought this about, but also maybe something about the the culture and system in which you worked, that kind of... Yeah, I think probably a bit of both. I mean, I think I'm a bit of a... I, I More so in the past, I think, than I am now, but I was quite quite a perfectionist, uh, fairly strong sense of responsibility, so I wanted to do my job well. Mm. Uh, I think I've got a sense of trying to serve those in the area where, you know, my, my leadership roles um, led me to be. All, all of which are good things. Yep, very good things. But then, you know, there's these other people in your life. Yeah. And, and, and I really do not think I actually saw. I really, I, I think there was a level of um, blindness in my, within myself that I didn't see the impact that this, what was going on here was having upon them. And you mentioned sort of the culture in which I existed. Yeah. 
it's um, it's hard to say how much how much is how much of that culture um, determined what I was doing. Yeah. Or did did that? I can't blame the culture because no. I made I made the choices. Yeah. Right. And if I'd had the ability to see what was really taking place, I, I think I could have still existed within that cultural framework. Yeah. And, and not let this have such an impact. Okay. So uh, on the blunderbuss, we're really interested in the kind of moments where people realise. Yes. Made a, was, there a, was there a moment? Yeah, there was a moment. What was it, that like? Yeah. Uh, it was actually a frightening moment oh. because, um, yeah, um, someone we both know well uh-huh. um, sat down with me and had a conversation with me right. and said, uh, asked actually... <laughs> My wife Sarah, this, this this guy said to me, he said, said, do you realise what Sarah thinks about what's going on in your life at the moment? Wow! And that question, and, and I'm, I mean, I gave the answer, which which I think I would have given to anybody, and then he just pushed a little bit further and helped me to see that I, I just completely missed what she was trying to communicate. And this is my wife. And look, I've, I've got a bit of a reputation for being a reasonably emotionally intelligent yes, person. Yes, you do, Keith. This and, is true. And and I've even put together a marriage course, you know, with Sarah. <laughs> and here, and, and you know, this wasn't that long ago. It was a number of years ago now. But but in, in the scheme of things, I just thought, you know, for years I've been hearing I, what I thought I was hearing from her. I was not. Actually, uh-huh. hearing what uh-huh. she was trying to say to me. In some sense, you managed to tune out that particular frequency. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah, how, how did that moment feel? You said frightening. It was frightening because um, I, I was I was personally shocked that I'd missed this. Yeah, and the impact. This is this is the person I love most in the world. Yes, of course. And this has had this had huge repercussions for her. Okay. So, what changed? Well, I, I actually changed job. Wow, that was one of the things that came out of it, and and like I said, it wasn't just the um, I can't I can't blame that cultural environment in which no. I was in for the choices that I made, but moving out of that culture increased the level of awareness of what I had normalised, yeah. and it was as the months passed after that that it really came into play, you know, what, what was going on and what I'd done. Yeah, okay. So um, what would you say that you, you learnt out of this experience? I learnt I need to hear voices outside the context in which I'm in, outside yeah. the, the cultural environment which yeah. is shaping me. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yes. Yeah. And and just just alternative voices. And and one of the things I did, I got a professional supervisor. Wow, tell us about that. Yeah, and I so I, I met up with this woman once a month, and she says things to me. And she asks me questions, right? And she even says really obvious things like, "You realise you're doing a lot at the moment." Yeah. Um, Do you realise you've had a lot of highly significant emotional events take place for you recently? Yes. Uh, which has been the last few years. There's been a lot of yeah, yeah. very significant things have happened. Yeah. Um, uh, and just pointing that out, you know, one level, oh, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But here's this other voice saying, you need to pay attention to that. Yeah. You need to be actually a little bit easier on yourself. Yeah. Do you really think you should be taking on all of these speaking engagements, for yeah. example? Yeah. So what I'm hearing 
uh, correct is the value of that is somehow uh, allowing you to reflect. Yes. On a lot of things. Absolutely. Yeah. And. Yeah, so on the blunderbuss, we talk about you know the magic secret of failure. You know, failure can be great if you have the capacity or space to reflect upon it, and if not, you just keep repeating. Have you repeated that mistake? I hope not. No, and I, I think I'm trying more to check in with others. Yes, because I'm, I'm you know I'm in a different cultural context now. Yes, and that can shape me as well. Yeah, but I think I'm a little bit more alert to this particular issue and working very hard at checking in with those people whom I love a lot. Okay. So how do you see failure now? Uh, this was this was a great thing. As I said, I found it deeply personally challenging because it actually it actually shook my identity a bit. Yes. Because, you know, I'm the clued in guy. Yeah, right. And yeah. Uh, I was not clued in. Yeah. Uh, but I learned a lot yeah. and I've changed and I think it's been better for our marriage. I think it's better for my relationship with my children. Yeah, yeah. So in some bizarre kind of way, the moment of failure turned out to be a moment of great blessing. Brilliant. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Good for me. Keith, thanks so much. That's a pleasure, us. Ed. Thank you for having me on the Blunderbuss. This is a great bus to be on. <laughs> thanks to Keith Gondi for sharing about one of his great leadership mistakes and what he's learned. At the St. Michael's Institute, our promise to you is that we can help you do more dumb things because we can help you take more risks and learn from what you're doing. Go to our website at www.stmichaels.com.